Hello, hello, hello. I am more excited you're here than normal because today is the 100th episode of Make It Simple. I can't believe that I've recorded 100 episodes. I can't believe I have that much to talk about in 100 episodes, but I'll be honest, I have so much more to talk about. We are just getting started. So first, I want to thank you for being here. And the second part is I'm really excited to talk about what I am going to talk about today, which is balance and finding balance. And if balance is even actually even possible or is like a made up thing that we are always trying to attain and then wondering why we can never attain it. So for the 100th episode today with life being crazy, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about ways we can work around balance and if that really is even possible. And as always, if you find this episode helpful, please do not forget to share it. Share it with your friends, family, tag me on social media, or if you just want to say happy 100th anniversary, please don't forget to leave a review. I love reviews. It helps push the podcast. It helps us grow. It makes us a better community. And today's review is from Miss Gamble. It's called Finding Myself Again. I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease and had surgery to remove a full-blown disc almost two years ago. Prior to that, I was an avid CrossFitter and have been active my entire life. Since the surgery, I've been able to do physical therapy multiple times, increase supplements, and try different types of exercises, but I honestly wanted to give up. Your episode on injuries, specifically your hip diagnosis, has given me hope. I don't want to sit around waiting or thinking about my next surgery. I want to live. Thank you for inspiring me and keeping me trying. No, thank you, Miss Gamble, for listening. Listen, we're a community. We have to cheer each other on. Hard things are going to happen. When I read that review, you better believe there were like tears streaming down my face because life is hard and like Things that are really crappy happen to us, but we can't sit around waiting. We have to figure out how we can work around it. We have to figure out how we can move forward and how we can build a beautiful life, no matter if your goals are fitness-based, health-based, you know, community-based, relationship-based, whatever it is, things happen, but we don't want to sit around. We want to live. I love that review. And if you love any of my episodes, please leave a review and tell me about it. I read every single one of them. If an episode touches your heart or helps you, or you learn something new, or it turns on a light bulb in your mind, let me know. I want to hear from you because then I'm not just talking at you or talking with each other, which, you know, I, I joked on Instagram this week. Someone said, oh, I love your podcast. And I said, I feel like the podcast is like my inner circle of friends. We go deep. We talk about all the things here that are vulnerable and real and beautiful and hard and exciting at the same time. So please let me know your experience with the podcast in a review. And as always, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing it for all of these 100 episodes. And before we get into today's episode about balance, I do want to say that often planning ahead makes a huge difference. And along with planning ahead, you know I am a big fan of protein. Obviously, I'm a believer of proteins, fats, and carbs. I very openly talk about all of them. But protein can be a tricky one for people to consume and to have high-quality meats and proteins around them, which is why I love Butcher Box. We've used them for a couple of years. It's fantastic. You pick the size of your box. It's delivered directly to your home. You pick what's in it. 
They have 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught salmon. They have no antibiotics or any added hormones. I love it because it comes straight to my house. I get super busy with trying to do all the things on my plate like we're going to talk about and trying to find balance. And it's so nice that I know that every month a box is going to show up on my doorstep of the high-quality meats that I've chosen. I can put it in my freezer and it makes mealtime so much easier when you can just pull it out and it's ready. So don't look any further. ButcherBox is now offering free New York strips and lobster so you can bring that steakhouse quality home. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash make it simple to get two 10-ounce New York strip steaks, eight ounces of lobster claw and knuckle meat free in your first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash make it simple and that link will also be in the show notes. As I mentioned, we've used them for a couple years now. I just love it. I know I'm feeding my kids high quality meats and it just makes my life easier that it comes straight to my house and you can cancel anytime as well. All right, let's get into today's episode. My name's Andrea Allen and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. So yesterday I was on a bike ride with my daughter and that's kind of what sparked this whole idea of balance. We live kind of behind these mini farms and we love to ride our bike over there because there is sheep and cows and chickens and hens. There's even a camel and like zebras back there. I guess the people who bought it um, bought some old zoo animals. So there are like all these animals back there, ostriches. It's hilarious. We go over and we visit these animals and we were over there yesterday and there's a giant coop. And it has hens and chickens and all kinds of things, roosters. And they all looked pretty good, but there was like this one hen. And man, she looked beat. (laughs) She, her feathers were all over the place. And she just, like I saw her and instantly in my mind, I thought, oh, that's the mother hen of all of these hens. That frazzled looking, worn out feathers everywhere. She's barely moving around. I'm like, that is the mother hen. She is overwhelmed and she is just frazzled. And it made me think about us as women, as parents, as mothers, you know, as, you know, just busy society members. Are we frazzled? Are we wearing too many hats or trying to do too many things at once? I know I feel like I'm pulled in a million different directions. And I know most of the people that I talk with on social media or friends or family, they feel the same way that they're trying to go a million miles in every single direction and just feel like it's a little too much. So the thought I had was, can we even balance? Can we even find balance? Is that even a real thing? Or are we just always going to be like this frazzled hen, overwhelmed, looking really beat up? But I think it's a little bit of both. I think there is some truth to both. And I think we can do certain things to prioritize and to create more balance, but also understand that balance in the way that we view it as complete equality is also not real. 
That's just not the way it works. And I'm going to talk about that. So I want to explain that, yeah, we have some things we can do to better balance our lives. But at the end of the day, complete balance is not real. Everything that we're going to talk about today, I have a client who I worked with as, you know, I coached her when she was working out and we became good friends. And then she actually is now on my staff and helps us build stuff. She does um, communications and helps with the behind the scenes as a coach, a business coach. And her and I talked out some of these ideas and kind of our thoughts on balance and what that looked like. And that's kind of what I wanted to share today. As I mentioned, there's no such thing as balance, but there are a few things you can do. And one of the things you can do to kind of not feel like that frazzled hen trying to do 10 different things at once is my first tip is you need to know what your priorities and values are. In episode 96, which I highly, highly suggest you go back and listen to, it's called Mindfulness and Avoiding Burnout for the Busy Mom with Shonda Morales. She talked about a circle and a pie graph and writing down our priorities and our values in there and seeing what's taking most of our time and then doing another circle and showing what was taking the time. So the first circle actually is what our priorities are. And then the second circle was what was taking our time. So priorities and values, time. And then seeing if they matched, if we're spending too much time in an area that's not a priority. That I think is really tricky because we have a really hard time saying no. I think that we tout this idea of like the super mom or the super woman and it actually can feel claustrophobic because we want to be all the things, as you know, all the things every time. We want to be on PTO. We want to be a good stay-at-home mom. We want to work. We want to make sure that we're fit. We want to make sure that we get a shower and we're put together every day. We want to make sure that we're at all the activities and our kids are in sports and we want to make sure we're doing everything. And sometimes we lose ourselves in the process. I know I have. I have no shame in admitting and I'm very open about the fact that I've had times in my life where I'm like, I am a wreck. I have too much on my plate and I have to take a step back and say, what can I say no to? And I think we can gracefully say no. I think that's, we fear saying no, but sometimes I think if we're really trying to know our priorities and our values, we need to say no. So I do want you to make a list. What do you prioritize? What do you value? And where's your time? And line those up and then see how you can adjust to make sure your time is more spent in your priorities and values. Now for me, I'll give you a couple quick examples. Something that I realized lately that did not line up with my priorities and values and my time was I had too much on my plate for work. I'm trying to build an app right now, so we're putting a ton of time into that and building those workouts. I have been doing a little bit more behind the scenes for work, for example, traveling. Like this weekend, I'm going to be in Utah speaking at an event. In fact, it's the September 24th. If you're in Utah, it's called Power in You event. I would love to meet you there. I'd love for you to show up, but I've just kind of been busier with work. And because because of that, I felt like even with my kids, which who are a huge priority for me, I was going through the motions with them and my priorities and time wasn't lining up and too much of it was being spent on work. So 
I took a step back and I looked at how I could combat that. And I used to record the podcast on Fridays and I said, nope, I'm going to squeeze it into Thursdays. I'm just going to be a little bit more efficient with my time there. I divided up some of the work I used to do on Fridays and I put it into the rest of the work week. My kids go to a school that is only four days a week and they go like a little bit longer each day. So they go like 30 minutes longer, but then they don't go on Friday. But then I could spend Friday with them with some very deep quality time where I'm fully present because sometimes I think when we get busy with other things, we just go through the motions because we're trying to wear too many hats at once. And I noticed I was doing this and it was causing an imbalance that I was unhappy with because of where my true priorities are. So I made that adjustment recently and I've absolutely loved it. But I had to look and take a step out of it and say, what are my priorities and where's my time and how can I adjust? You may be the opposite. You may be where you are with your kids a ton and you may need to plan a lunch with girlfriends, you know, once a week or every other week or however often that's a fit for you to create some balance in your life. That's the beauty about this is all of our priorities and values versus the time allotted is going to vary. So it's it's why it's important to look at your own priorities and values and the time and then adjust accordingly because we could have a complete opposite issue in that area. If you already have too much on your plate, maybe it's not the time to open the PTO to volunteer for something or to, you know, volunteer at your kid's school. Like it's easy to feel guilty about that and shame about that, but sometimes we're making the balance that we're seeking even harder by trying to do all the things. And sometimes it's okay to have that graceful no. It doesn't mean that we won't be able to do it later. It just means in this moment at this time, I probably need to say no to this item. And sometimes we need to say yes to items. Something else you can think about is date night with your spouse. If your spouse is a priority, I think we should make time to still date them even when we're married. And that doesn't mean you have to spend money. There's been multiple times where we put our kids to bed, we get takeout or one of us will make a meal and then we just, or popcorn or whatever it is, get a gas station treat, I don't even care what it is, and we'll sit and watch a movie together or talk or we'll go on our back porch you know, under the pergola and just chat and maybe like set up a fire. You can still date your spouse without having to spend money. And if that's a priority to you to have a good relationship with your spouse, you're going to want to make time for that and maybe say no to other activities if they are not a priority over those. So really think about what you have on your plate and where your priorities are and where your time is. The other thing about talking about balance is I heard a talk one time by David A. Bednar, and he talked about how there's spinning plates. Have you seen like the circus actors where they have the spinning plates and it's like on a stick and they're spinning the plate in the air and they're spinning their hand and the plate gets spinning really fast. And then they put like another spinning plate up on their other hand or on their forehead or on their head. And then they're balancing one on their foot and they have all these spinning plates and they're all going at once. Now, what's cool about this that he pointed out is he said, not all the plates are spinning at the exact same speed. They're spinning at different speeds. The one he's getting going in the moment's really, really fast. And then he kind of moves on and the circus person starts spinning another plate. The other plate will slow down. That's okay. But as long as he comes back in time to spin it again, then he's balancing enough. There is not equilibrium among every plate that's spinning totally perfect. It's about shifting and putting on a new hat and looking at that priority in the moment and shifting our attention that 
way for that moment. That is actually what balance is. I've loved that analogy because in my mind, I think I've always been told, oh, you multitask, you do everything at the same time extremely well, and then you wonder why you crash and burn and it all blows up. That's why, because that's not how it works. So when we talk about these priorities, it's okay to say, you know what, right now I'm going to focus on my spouse. We're going to go on a date night. We're going to work other things, you know, out, or we're going to put the kids to bed and we're going to focus there. The next day you've done stuff with your spouse. Maybe the next day is like, you know what, I have some stuff for work. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to do something for work. Change your hats. I have a really hard time of wanting to stack 10 hats on myself at the same time. And my husband, Paul, will always say, you can only wear one hat at a time. You lose your mind and you look silly when you wear lots of hats. Put on one hat, focus on that, and move on to the next piece. And stop trying to overly multitask it. So as we talk about these values and trying to find balance, I want you to remember, put on that one hat, focus on that one spinning plate. The other ones will be okay. You come back before they like totally fall down. They can spin slower all as well. And think about ways that you can say no, which is truly saying yes to things that are your priority. My next tip for finding, you know, a real version of balance, like a realistic one, is don't forget to put on your own oxygen mask first. When you get on an airplane, everyone's flown an airplane, they say, hey, don't put on your kid's mask before you put on your own because otherwise both of you are going to die if something happens. It is the same for our day to day. We can't not take care of ourselves. We can't have self-care if we are always trying to put on other people's oxygen masks before our own. Besides making those priority lists and the timeless, I want you to write down three or four things you can do for yourself. Often we feel out of balance because we don't even have ourselves in the equation. The offset, the equilibrium is gone and we are not even included in it. And part of that balance is caring for ourselves. And you can do that in many different ways. So I want you to write down two or three things you can do this week to really care for yourself and put on your own oxygen mask first. That can be working out. That can be quiet time in the morning. I've been very open that I take about 15 to 20 minutes every morning. I step outside my house. I go and sit, you know, in a quiet place. I'm sure that my house could be on fire inside with my children being crazy, but I have to just be present in that moment, think through my plans for the day, you know, have some quiet time to read scriptures or a devotional or a good book you like or a podcast you like, something that helps you feel revived meditating, just taking that deep breath, you know, taking a couple deep breaths outside, trying to really be present. That can be helpful. It can be family time. It can be church time. It can be hobbies. It can be taking a bath, reading a book. There are so many different ways that we fill our own cups and that we put on our own oxygen masks first. So if you are struggling with balance and trying to get everything done, I want you to think, Am I even caring for myself in this equation? And if not, I want you to look at that list of three or four simple things. It can literally be going on a walk by yourself. Maybe at night you want to go for 10 minutes on a walk and just look at the stars or look at the trees. Nature's beautiful and it really does help calm people down. So simple things like that that we can do self-care and really reflect and it can help bring a realistic balance back where we can step back in the situation and feel more in control rather than a chicken with our head cut off running around. I shouldn't say chicken with a head cut off. I should say the frazzled hen running around wondering why we feel this way. 
My next tip is something that I am working on, actually, and that is to be more present in the moment. I did a poll recently and I was talking about what do you what have you learned most from motherhood? And so many people commented and said, you know, just to enjoy the small things. And I have a sign in my gym that hangs that says enjoy the little things. That's actually really hard for me. If you are someone who focuses on goals, who likes to improve, um, who enjoys being better, you're always looking to the next thing. When I do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And that makes it hard to be present. Often when I take the time to be present, it allows me the ability to have gratitude. Because when you're present, you look around and you notice those little things. I am open about the fact that I have anxiety and ADHD. So often my thoughts can be like a volcano exploding. I've got ideas coming out of my mind. I want to add this to the programs. I want to do this. I'm not doing this and all of these layers. And when I'm able to take those thoughts and just say, okay, I need to deal with you later, push them out like a cloud, pushing them out and really be present in the moment it helps. The small little moments make a difference. I do encourage you to go back again and listen to that episode about breathing in episode 96 with burnout because Sean explains in there, even if you feel like you're not good at being present, even just taking three small breaths and doing nothing but focusing on your inhale in and your exhale out three times in a row can help ground you and help you feel connected. I know for me, when I feel overwhelmed or like I don't have balance, If I can push some of my tasks aside and take five minutes and watch my kids playing or look around or even feel what I'm feeling, like my feet on the grass, you know, the wind blowing, any of those things, those small moments, I appreciate them. When I see my kids, you know, coloring or something simple, when you stop overthinking and you just literally look around at the small things, you see beauty in the small things. But we're so busy overlooking the small things for these big pieces we have in our lives that we miss those small things. And then so many of the mothers commented on that same post where I asked, what have you learned? They said, you know, of course, to look for the small things, but that was actually what they missed the most as their kids got older were those little small things, the giggles, you know, (laughs) the dirty feet, all those things. So whether you're a mother or not, I'm sure that there are small things in your life that you love, your dog licking your cheek, you know, just being able to sit with a cup of coffee and holding that warm cup of coffee in your hand, whatever it is, I want you to focus on those small things. And when you look at those small things, I want you to think of things that you're grateful for, because I think that also helps ground us. And when we have gratitude, we are better able to feel balance because we're focusing on positive things rather than all the things we haven't done or all the things we have to do. My next tip is to ask for help. I told you the story about the spinning plates. Let's say you have six plates up and one of them is truly going to fall and you don't have time to get back to it. Don't be scared to ask for help. Don't be scared to not do it alone. You don't need to do it alone. Now, I know that there are people who love you. I know sometimes when we say ask for help, people say who? There are people who love you. There is no doubt in my mind that you have a coworker, a friend, a spouse, a neighbor, someone in your community that you can just talk to. And sometimes asking for help doesn't even have to be a physical thing like, can you do this for me? Sometimes just talking out issues 
or talking out problems, can be asking for help. Recently, I am pretty creative in the way that I think of my content for Instagram and for social media and for the podcast. And earlier this spring, I like hit a wall and I could not think of new ideas and I didn't know what was going on and it was just discouraging me. And I reached out for help in that situation, not in the way that I needed someone to do something physical for me, but I talked to my friend Heather and I explained the situation to her and she helps with ideas. She actually was the one that we kind of talked out this episode with. And she gave me some ideas about having different ideas for buckets for like when I think of ideas, like organizing them in two buckets. Like I want to talk about nutrition. I want to talk about postpartum and diastasis. I want to I want to talk about form and making kind of different buckets. And then when I think of ideas, placing them in my mental buckets for different posts and concepts. And it was such a simple idea that like ignited fire. Like the next day I was like listing like hundreds of ideas and just putting them in my buckets. But it helped trigger a thought in my mind of how I wanted to be creative that helped me be creative. So sometimes asking for help isn't even like, I need you to watch my kids. It could be, I need you to talk through this with me. And that can make all the difference. Now, it can be something even physical where you're like, I would need you to, you know, do a trade with me. Maybe I need to work out. I'm trying to care for myself. Let's do a trade where maybe I watch your kids two mornings a week and you watch my kids two mornings a week for 40 minutes while we work out. Or we go on a walk together and we chat out some of the things we have going on and we do it as a stroller ride. So we actually get a workout at the same time. Whatever it is, don't do it alone. Don't carry the burden alone. Don't feel overwhelmed alone because that makes it so much more elevated and just causes so many more issues in the long run. The last thing I want to talk about for finding balance is I want to talk about mom guilt and shame. I love Brene Brown. I think she's amazing. I think she has some really great stuff on shame. And she talks about that most of the time we have shame and fear, yet we avoid talking about it. And because we avoid talking about it, it leaves us feeling even more uncomfortable and more vulnerable and more alone. And that's the problem because we don't reach out and we don't openly talk about guilt and shame. Shame actually derives its power from being unspeakable, Brian Brown says. When we are ashamed of something, we don't want to talk about it. It becomes unspeakable, but that's not the route to go. I do want to read a quote from her because I feel like it is so important because most every mom I know, or even just in general, if you're a female with a lot on your plate, it's easy to feel like you're not doing enough. You're not keeping up. And part of that comes from that comparison. Go back to the episode two, two back where I talk about goals and not looking around and you know keeping your eyes on the road in front of you. A lot of that is linked to comparison. And then we feel guilt and shame that we aren't enough. And as females, we tend to take things internally instead of externally. Sometimes I feel like people, when something happens, they blame it on all the people around them. But as females, it's very common for us to look at it internally and subjectively and take it in as our own fault. And that's not how it should be. We should just see it for what it is and not have to blame it or shame it or guilt it on ourselves at all. Brene Brown says... We definitely don't want to experience shame, and we're not willing to talk about it. Yet the only way to resolve shame is to talk about it. 
Maybe we're afraid of topics like love and shame. Most of us like safety, certainty, and clarity. Shame and love are grounded in vulnerability and tenderness. If you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three ingredients to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in a Petri dish and douse it with empathy, it can't survive. Shame is the warm feeling that washes over us, making us feel small, flawed, and never good enough. And I love how she explains about empathy. If we want the shame to grow, don't talk about it. Don't address it. Don't reach out to people. Hide it. If we want it to go away, if we want to feel better about ourselves, if we don't want that mom guilt and that shame, then we need to reach out to others. So my last tip is to find the community. I think communities are so important. You can find that virtually now. You can find it in person now. They have park days. They have church groups. They have online Facebook groups where you can talk about, you know, being a young mother, a new mother, a teenage mom, literally a mom with a child with disabilities, like so many different support groups online. That is the most beautiful thing I feel like about the internet is it helps us connect with people who are like us. So get active in those communities. For my clients, for the ones that I train for nutrition and workout coaching, we have a private Facebook group. And on this Facebook group, we share ideas, we share wins, we share annoyances, we share frustrations and feelings of pain or joy, all the different things. And people ask questions. People ask questions about what they think about this, how they did this, and they respond. And it becomes a pretty good community of people who are working on a like-minded activity of coaching with me, and they become a community of support. And that helps them not feel alone. That helps them realize, oh my gosh, I missed my workouts this week. It's okay because I talked about it on the Facebook group and everyone said, that's happened to me. Move on. Don't sweat it. Next week you can work out. Or, you know, I kind of didn't eat great this week. That's okay. I've done that too. And I still had progress. That sharing of that thought, that sharing of something that maybe didn't pan out, people are there to support you or sharing something positive. People are there to uplift you. Or even if you share something positive, someone who's feeling down may see, oh, it's possible. So join a community. Online is an easy one or in person. Think about things you're interested in and think about joining a community. It truly is hard to put yourself out there. But there are just so many times when it makes such a huge difference when you do share things that are hard for you. I know for me, when I opened up about my hip issue, I had been having hip issues for a couple of months. And finally, when I talked about it on my social media, the outpouring of love was so strong. And I I can admit that I was in a dark place about it for probably six weeks before I talked about it. I felt lonely, shame. I felt insecure. I felt, how could this happen to me? I'm, I'm like, I do fitness for a living. How could I develop this, you know, osteonecrosis and not even have any of the risk factors? And I just felt really sad about it. And someone sent me a DM and said, you know, you need to get, and I wish so badly I knew who it was, but I don't remember. But she said, you need to get the book, The Rabbit Listened. And I wish I knew her name so much, but I ordered the book and it basically tells a story of this little kid that built this beautiful castle and then it got knocked down. And everyone came around and you know, one, you know, the bear yelled and then this animal told him he was right for feeling this or this one told him to move on. And all these animals are telling him different things. And then the rabbit comes and the rabbit says nothing. The rabbit just comes close and the rabbit has empathy. 
Empathy is listening. Empathy is taking on the perspective of the person. And as Brene Brown says, empathy is what kills mom shame and guilt. Empathy, having someone to relate to and understand where you're coming from. And in the book, the little boy starts yelling at the rabbit, then he's sad, then he's happy, then he's saying he doesn't care, and he's going through all the emotions with the rabbit. And the rabbit is just listening. He's just listening. And then at the end, the little boy says, I can rebuild this because the little boy worked through his emotions and figured out how to rebuild it on its own. And all the rabbit had to do was listen. He didn't need to tell the little boy he could rebuild it. He just needed to be there and have empathy. And that is what having someone you can ask for help, having a community, all of those things help. So I'm going to encourage you to find a way to, if you are struggling with something, see if you can find an online community or some sort of support group in your local community. I know they even have like fitness groups for moms and stuff. Lots of different things you can do. And honestly, as I'm thinking about this, maybe we should make like a group for the podcast. Maybe we should make a support group for those who love the podcast. Okay, so if you love to talk about the podcast, because the truth is, I talk at you in the podcast, and I would love to talk with you about the podcast. So if you love the podcast and you would love to talk about it, I can make a group online so that we can have a support group because I really do want to be here for you, not just talking at you, but I want to be listening to you like the rabbit did. I want to be here for you. And I know that there's other listeners who want to be here too. So if you would like a little like Facebook group where it's for the podcast and people who listen to the episode, leave it in a review. Let me know. I'll kind of keep an eye out for those if you think that's a good idea or even just shoot me an email, but it's easiest for the review so I don't miss it. But either one of those works for me. But let me know if you would like that, if you would like a group where we could talk and we could be a community because I think that's a great idea. But if you are interested in that, let me know. Either way, if you're not, I still think having people you can talk to and show empathy is really, really important. And finding a local or an online community would be good. And I would be happy to be a part of it if you think a podcast group where we could talk out episodes and feelings about, you know, our experiences, I think that would be great. So let me know. Now, so back to my main question, finding balance. Is it even possible? No, I don't think it is. And I've learned that over (laughs) a lot of years thinking I could find perfect balance, but I've learned more so it's about setting my priorities, setting my values, trying to align that with my time, constantly realigning what's important, trying to make sure I'm caring for myself. I'm putting on my own oxygen mask before I am my children, trying to be present and enjoy the small things, asking for help, and truly being a part of a community where we talk about some of our struggles and things and realizing that balance has different levels, different spinning plates. Some parts go faster, some parts go slower, and that's normal. Sometimes we wear one hat and sometimes we wear another hat. It doesn't mean the hat we don't have on isn't fantastic. It just means at the moment, we're wearing the beret instead of the baseball cap. (laughs) That's all that means. And then we'll switch it later. And there's no reason to feel shame that we're not wearing the baseball cap in that exact moment. We don't need to feel mom guilt in that exact moment. We just need to switch it around and find ways that we can find a level of congruency, making sure that our time is aligning with our priorities. 
I hope this episode was helpful. If it was, please don't forget to share it or write a review. Let me know what you think about the podcast group. It came to mind as I was writing notes for this episode, and I was like, I love a podcast group, but let's see what everyone else thinks. So let me know. And as always, you know I mean it from the very bottom of my heart. You are doing so much better than you will ever, ever realize. You truly are doing better than you think you are. All right, let's chat next week.